0: Welcome to the Isles Buzz podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. All right, so before we start this very special podcast, we're going to count down the top 10 moments for the past decade. There have been a lot. Don't forget to subscribe to the White House Hockey podcast channel. Amazing shows. The latest one, Dan Sarasini's Islanders Award winner featuring Michael Pecca, who won the Selkie his very first year with the Islanders. Listened to it last night. It's a fantastic episode. Islanders Anxiety, PT Isles, my favorite Islanders game, Isles Buzz. Just a ton of shows. One might be coming soon next month. Stay tuned about that. We um, can't announce before... that yet, though? Know? Not yet yet. Got, okay. to, got to confirm things before we can announce it. So, okay. Okay. So, but before we get into everything, just want to thank everyone who reached out regarding my son Tyler, who was in the hospital for four days over Thanksgiving. And, but he's doing great now. So, once again, thank you everybody for reaching out. Very surprised about some of the people who reached out, but it was great. And, uh, what a way to spend Thanksgiving. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding. Right. When I texted you, you know, I was like, oh boy. Yeah, plus you plus the, the, the like I'm sure like you're you're paranoid you're scared you're terrified your kid your newborn is in the hospital okay that's the first thing right second thing you're in New Jersey you're like what two and a half hours away from home about ninety minutes yeah okay ninety minutes all right. I just assume with with traffic everything's like three hours right. but um so not so then when once he finally gets out you still have to go back home to Connecticut and sh- wrangle up your other kids. So, I'm yeah. just sure it was extremely stressful. I, when I talked to you Sunday night, you just sounded, like, just gassed.
0: Yeah, well, luckily, my brother-in-law, we, whose house we were in for Thanksgiving, went to the hospital near his house, Morris, Morristown Medical Center, which, let me tell you guys, every get sick and you're near that hospital, fantastic hospital. Everyone Good. was great there. It was Good. really nice. Uh Yeah, so we they didn't have any clothes, anything, so, luckily, don't live in a deserted island, so Walmart's right there. We took care of everything. We got my kids to my mom's and uh yeah, everything was great. So it all worked Good. out at home and uh yeah, the only thing he was a little upset about was watching a Jet game Sunday with me. <laughs> <But that's, laughs> uh, oh that's boy, great. yeah. Uh speaking of a little bit of disappointments and losing to teams where you should win, the Islanders last night, basically laid an egg played down to a very terrible Montreal Canadiens team who was on a big time losing streak. I guess they had the Motivation of seeing all their former captains and has that ceremony ended yet, Noel? No, oh my God! I mean, that video was (laughs) we started texting each other like halfway through it. Yeah, this was the one time I wish I could not find MSG plus because MSG plus two. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. I mean, maybe if I was a Canadiens fan, I appreciate having the captains out. That was really nice and seeing, you know, looking at their, you know, stats. A little dramatic, but it was cool to see all the former captains. That video where. It, you can't even see half a bit because just if, if you're going to show everybody like that, just take it, full. give it a copy to the truck, on his truck and let them show it full. You know, I understand you're in the mm-hmm. arena. You mm-hmm. want to see yeah, Exactly. Them. Exactly. That's fantastic, but not for television, but they, they laid an egg. They really didn't play that well in Detroit, but they came away with a four, one win uh, games like that. You've got to bank those points, especially when you have games in hand. And this could be a game where they look back in April they finished two points out or a point behind the Caps for first place or potentially a uh, first-round home home ice advantage. They should have won this game. That's that. a little dramatic. You never know. These points count ah, just come on, in December as they do in uh, April. I mean, look what happened last year. They lost because uh, one point, right?
1: Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, uh, how many points have they stolen this year? I mean, quite a few. And that- they were terrible. They were terrible last night. They were awful last night. The thing is, Montreal played was a desperate team. They played like no one wants to get traded. They played like they don't want their coaches to get fired. They were a desperate hockey team, which is probably the worst team you want to play in the second end of back back to back. And the Islanders didn't match that intensity, and they were terrible. But look, as bad as the Islanders were, as bad the Islanders were, with 40 seconds left in the game, Eberle had a uh, had an opportunity to tie the game up. Right. So they were terrible, and they still had, you know, they were still in the game for most of it. But yes, it was, it was awful last night. I actually fell asleep during the second period. That's how bad they were.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just maybe it shows now the Islanders are one of the top teams in the league, where teams put up for them and they don't show their best, and yet they're still in the game. They on Monday against the Red Wings, it wasn't really a great game they played. Yet they won. No, they
1: weren't great.
0: They weren't great. But But they they got the win yesterday. I mean. The refs a couple of things that cross check on Clutterbuck, I don't know what the ref was looking at there. He was looking and right at the being tackled. Yeah, exactly. So I mean things like that happen. You miss calls, but long story short, two points where they should have had they come back home now, which against you know, a inconsistent uh Golden Knights team this year.
1: Yeah, but they're still loaded up front, and if you're right. not if you if you don't
0: bring your A game, you're gonna get your doors blown off yeah so, and you know Barry Trotz said that the goalie uh rotation might end now. who knows Grice played well last night for a he did. Long he was very good. uh so'll we'll, we we'll see what happens now regarding the uh the goalie situation uh a couple guys who finally got on the board, Andrews Lee looks like he'd be get get going now. Everly scored two goals the other night against Detroit, so we really need those guys to get going. biggest concern is i guess we'll still go up the third line right. Biggest concern about the bottom six, especially we don't know
1: what's up with Clutterbuck. We don't know right. what, you know, his health. Um the third line is still a mess. They have to they have to address their bottom six. I never thought the team would miss Tom Kunockle, but they do. They need to get him back healthy with all the injuries, the dozens of you know, the dozen players out in Bridgeport. because um, you would think some of them would be up, like Fritz or uh well yeah, definitely Fritz. Um yeah. but you have to think. That they need, to, they need just like you can't have a third line center play four minutes a game. No, and if Co- if Koval is, I mean, and then Del- Cole, look, I'm sorry, the guy works his he worked his ass off to get to the NHL after everybody thought he was a bust. He's, I in my, opinion, I just don't think he's an NHL player. Like you can put him in there, he's responsible in his own end. Yeah, fine, you can get, you can find dozens of players to be responsible in their own end and still chip in offensively. He generates nothing offensively, nothing. Like you think he'd stumble into a few shots on goal. He can't get. He can't think the game quick enough. He offensively he can't get to those points quick enough. It doesn't matter how good his shot is if you can't get it off. So I would send Kovala down. I would if I had to. I would send Del Cole down. If I had to, I'd send Johnston down. They have to get. I actually would have claimed Nick Shore today if they had the chance. If the Jets didn't do it, um, they need some. They just need reliable players in the bottom six that can take a regular shift. You can't be breaking up your lines every night.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully Kunako. Sorry for can... the rant null. <laughs> no, I, I, it's everything I was going to say, I mean, hopefully Kunako can come back. And I, you know, I've been one of Michael DelCole's biggest reporters you know, since last year. Uh, but he generates no offense and None. it's, it's a, it's a real shame. They have guys who can do what he does and not generate offense. So take a chance, send him down. And I'm, I'm at this point now where he He's gets gonna clear. Claimed. He's going to clear. If he gets claimed, God bless him. If he doesn't, Bridgeport needs him. but with Fritz Who is going to
1: claim him when he has to stay on the NHL roster, right?
0: Right. You're right. You're probably nobody. Yeah. So let him go back to Bridgeport. Let him play. Let him get his confidence up. Let him score. Let him gener- generate his shot. Fritz being out kills them. Colbardo, who's a – I think he's day-to-day now, so hopefully They can, said he's close. He needs to come up as soon as he's healthy. And he, he was fantastic with the Islanders. Andrew Ladd, I mean, if he, if he was legitimately healthy, he'd be on this team right now.
1: Absolutely. If, uh, what's his name? What's and that guy's far, name? in
0: to Toronto. We'll, we'll mention him again. I mean, the jackass <laughs> that he is, because he really is Josh Hosang, he would have been on this team a week after opening. Yes, Yes, he would have. He wouldn't have seen Wallstrom, which is nope. fine, because let Wallstrom play in Bridgeport all year. He's been good at Bridgeport. so and he's fine, you know. Bellows is going, you know. A little bit now. Not that he should be up here, but he just get his confidence in Bridgeport. He's going. They just don't have these guys that they really need now. Possibly right. a wild card is Arnold Durando, who's been fantastic down there. He's a leading scorer. Might generate some, you know, spark on that bottom six. I mean, we never thought. Yeah, one... you know
1: why? Because uh, he, uh, he can skate. Yes. He's a little dirty, and he hits everything that moves. So he's really someone that might be able to help that bottom six.
0: Especially if, if uh, Clutterbuck's out long term. He actually is a little similar to Clutterbuck, yeah. Yeah, so it, it would be, it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to see him up here. Um, one guy who I really hope the Honors let him go to World Juniors is Noah Dobson. Please let him go. He has to play. Let, let him play this point. I mean, you can bring up Ajo, you can bring up Hickey to be the seventh defenseman. Uh, let the guy play. It's it's doing him no, no, no good playing once every day. Two, three weeks now? You know, I mean, he could have, you know, he could have, but he's got to get more than one game here and there. Let him get into a little rhythm. You know, I understand all the defensemen are, you know, are healthy now, so to speak, you know, let him miss the game, but it it should not be just injury replacements with Dobson. You know, get him in here, see what he can do, let him provide a spark, but let, let him, let him go into world juniors. Because he's doing really nothing and it's really unfortunate. The rule's just so stupid because if he wasn't
1: Canadian, he'd be there be no problem. It'd be no problem, he'd be in the HL.
0: Yeah. I mean This guy's younger I, than him in the HL on, on the Sound Tigers. You know? It's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, we saw Parker Well this when he was eighteen year old being down there. You had um Park what's his name? Oliver Wallstrom. You had what's his um holstrom down there. Oh Arm um, Holmstrom. Yeah, yeah, another guy. It's it's unfortunate, and I I don't think the rule ever change. You know, they can open it up and discuss it in the next you know CBA, but I don't think it'll ever change. It's unfortunate. Right.
1: But what know? was the whole thing to protect the the Canadian hockey financially or whatever? What that's that's absolute crap.
0: But there should be exceptions. I mean, if uh, a guy wins a world, yeah, Cup it twice, just should
1: be it should be it should be your you know, the year you're drafted and the year
0: after. That's it. Yeah, I mean, one year or you know what, or make it like, you know, in baseball when like that You have a posting fee for Japanese players and the player, the team has to pay it. So yeah, you want to play early, that?
1: why can't the team just buy them? Right. That's a yeah. great point. Noel.
0: just, just do that. I mean, you know, you'll generate some of the money back that you're losing for. And honestly, if Noah Dobson leaves juniors and goes to AHL, are people not going to go watch their team? That's in some of these small Canadian towns. That's all they have. They're not going to go. Exactly. Like, there. I mean, I, it's, that's what it is. It's a, a breeding point. What else is there
1: to do in Sarnia, Ontario?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hot. You know, it leaves a spot for somebody else to to join that team. You know, it's right. it's it's not it's not fair. It's it's a little bit selfish for these leagues, and you know, but whatever. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? But uh, this decade, Dan, let's yeah. talk about about yeah, which unbelievable. It's almost over. Um, started off it started you know, off typical islander fashion, which. No. Exactly. Started <laughs> off with uh, one kid and one almost coming, uh, now I have three. But the um decade started off with a number one pick, which we'll get into a little bit later, the year before two thousand nine. We'll get into that player a little bit later. But the decade had a lot of different ups and downs, a lot the of rebuilds. And right. <laughs> and um they kind of set the the train, you know so to speak, uh, motions moving along and um, looks good now. But this uh, this list we had kind of uh, touches upon pretty much a lot of things during this uh, decade. So um, you want me to start with number 10, Dan?
1: Yeah, because I don't have the list in front of me, so you're going to have to read them all. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. All right. Well,
1: so, yeah, <laughs> I forgot I know, to print questions. it off. I yeah, just realized no, So yeah, you're reading uh, them all and then I'll, I'll, I'll comment.
0: Okay, so number 10, we'll start off – beginning of the decade, February 11th, 2011. Uh, people remember that day because it was fight night with the Islanders and Penguins at the Coliseum. If you want to read the oral history about this, Arthur Staple did a fantastic piece in the athletic where he talked to a lot of different players. It was, it was great. Uh, one of the big ones that night, Trevor Gillies, who been trying to get on the show for years now, Never really got back to me. Declined the athletic article as well. But that that night was unbelievable. Man, it was like honest stunk. They uh, were pissed off because Brent Johnson one punched show about nine days earlier, broke a bone. No, they, they bone.
1: think they were they were laughing on the bench about it.
0: I think that was the big yeah. thing. And it, it, it was they were and then off Max about Talbot
1: that. had that dirty hit on Blake Como.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and they, they, so said a, Como, lot... they said
1: they Como faked it in you know, a concussion. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Exactly. So luckily they played each other nine games later or nine days later, I should say. They showed the clip of the bench smiling right before warm or to get them going. And they, uh, they got going. They, uh, called up a few, you know, reinforcements. Michael Haley was in the lineup. Michael who, Haley you know, was not legend a legend that night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My, uh, my son Zach's first favorite player. I think it was because of that game, actually. Um, Trevor Gillies was in the lineup. Um, and Josh Bailey had his first NHL fight that night.
1: Yeah. So,
0: it, yeah. And Michael Rupp, you know, with Penguins. I mean, Joe Vital. I mean, there was so many guys. Max Talbot, Zina uh, Kanopka, you know, was unbelievable. And it was just like – and Mike, Michael Taylor scored, which was – Yes, know, he yeah, did, which was amazing. amazing. All, all things, yeah. And um, – yeah, and they won 9-3. That was probably the highlight of the first four years of that decade. You know, before yeah, the that's not good. Uh, you know, <laughs> Matt Martin got involved, just picking off players, you know, Travis tra- tra- Hammondick. It was, uh, a, it was a highlight for a downtime. I know Marilyn you was not happy with that, but whatever, Mario, you had your, you had your enforcers for years, you know, old and you had your, your guys on your team protecting you for years, so you know, pipe down, Mario, Really.
1: Yeah, that was that was, and um, a really terrible team. That was a fun night.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, Jack Killen of all players was you know there. I mean, Michael Grabner. If I
1: recall, no, if I recall, Kanapka did not fight in that game.
0: He did not. He did, did not. Grabner didn't. Franz Nielsen. They were on the bench because they basically didn't have anybody left. <laughs> on the bench, you know. And of all players, you know, you know, Kanako, you know, known for fighting. He was like didn't have to that night, everyone else was. Andrew McDonald got involved. It, you know, it was great. And then you know the I start- don't know. He
1: did get thrown out though finally. I think he had ten minutes of late in the game. He was like shaking Talbot on the ice or something. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Talbot who turtled. Yeah. And uh you know who the starting goalie for the Ominous was that night? Uh
1: it wasn't the Pietro. Was it Dwayne Rolson? No. He he's
0: playing in the league still. Anders Nielsen. Close.
1: Mikko Koskinen.
0: Yeah, Mikko. There Ka- we go. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, his uh, third start in the NHL. <laughs> and that was the year where they, I think they had six goalies, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. When you use six goalies in one year, you're, you're not good. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was that was a highlight of a relatively dark period in Islander history. And the highlights are on YouTube. Like I said, read the oral history. On the Athletic, it's fantastic. But number nine, this was uh probably the biggest trade, player for player, during the decade. And Maybe. It was big, no, I, I think so.
1: Well, when we get to Honorable Mentions, I actually came up with one, which was a trade. So okay. we'll discuss it then.
0: All right. This was the Matt Molson for Thomas Vanek coming in at number nine. Uh, both teams were kind of struggling out of the gate that year, the that, uh, twenty. 13-14 season. And Wait,
1: Buffalo struggled this decade.
0: <laughs> who knew, right? Who knew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they were like two and ten at that point of the season. The Islanders were maybe like six and six, but they uh, they made a trade, basically trading two pending unrestricted free agents, a couple of draft picks were involved. The in Islanders sent a number one, which you know people are starting to freak out about. And I, personally, I, I love the trade because they got so much out of Matt Moulson. It was playing with house money. And Thomas Vanek was one of the biggest wingers in the league. Still, to pair him with JT would have been fantastic, and it showed. That line of Tavares, Vanek, and Opposing was the best line in hockey for the time that he was there. They were horrible in their own end, but yes, well, <laughs> they were terrible, but it was fun to watch, you know. Yes, it was. You know, and he, he played 47 games with the honors. He had 44 points, so you yeah. know, a, a point per game person. Uh Of course, there's always a downside. When he's talking about the Islanders, they offered him a very nice seven-year, forty-seven or forty-nine million dollar contract. Turned it down because they were going to Brooklyn. He did not want to go to Brooklyn. So Garth, back against the wall, had a trade with deadline. The Islanders were out of it by then. JT got hurt at the Olympics, so he was gone. Team took a nosedive. They waited till I think what. Three fifty eight, three fifty nine. of The trade deadlines. Yes, they,
1: they did. I remember that.
0: They trade him, and the trade was terrible. They traded him to Montreal for a second round pick and Sebastian Colbert who,
1: who can forget, never forget, it, R. Exactly. R. I.
0: Sebastian Colbert. Yeah, who basically became nothing. The Islanders waived him after playing, I think, you know, a handful of games in Bridgeport. Uh, it was Wasn't it that was that
1: second round pick used to get hosting? Though
0: I believe it was. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that just in a second. Sorry. They, no, no problem, no problem. But that was <laughs> that was good. The they traded, you know, a first-round pick. Garth was smart though. He had the option of either deferring it to the next year or using or just giving it to the Sabres. 2014, owners were terrible. They deferred it to 2015. Owners had a top-five pick they to use it to draft Michael Dolko. Who knew back then, but. You know we, what
1: sucks, too, You know what sucks? If you look at the players, like the next five players drafted after Dal Cole.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Garth Mannis they did a couple of years ago, when he told me, oh, you, you can't do that. You can't do, uh, look who we drafted ahead. But, you know, sometimes you have to. Well, the thing is, like, Dal Cole was like the fifth rated prospect. So it's I like, know. you know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll get into another high, you know, rated prospect in a little bit on the list. Uh, but yeah, they, they, used that second round pick to move up. They drafted Hosang. They made the playoffs the following year. So their first round pick was a little bit lower, which they gave to the Sabres and they managed to get back into the, uh, 2015 first round draft. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on the list, but number nine. And you know what? Matt Molson basically all, he was done after he was getting, never
1: to be heard from again. You
0: no, know, he, um, he signed a nice, well, he, he ended up getting traded, I think at the deadline to, right, what was, to Minnesota. Minnesota. Right, and then he went back to the Buffalo, the Sabres for like a five-year deal, and yeah. you know, good for him, but bad for the team because he was just terrible. They ended up waiving him, sending they didn't even send him down to Rochester. They didn't want him being in Rochester. They think they loaned him to like Ontario? And Ontario he, rain, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now he's playing for the Hershey Bears. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's still playing. He's you know financially secure, but. Still playing hockey you know, and pretty much has no chance of being, you know, called up to the NHL. But he's still playing and Bannock, who should have taken that money, is bounced around from team to team. You know? Where Which, is Bannock now? I don't even know. Florida, Minnesota. Right, he's had a three year deal Minnesota, I think. And but you know what? That was a good thing because that money went to other places with the calendars. He's been like five other teams after Minnesota. Yeah. I don't even is yeah. He in the league now? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. We'll look,
1: we'll look it up during the commercial break.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, um, it's a trade where, you know, both players kind of went downward the following year, but you know, it worked out for the honors a little bit, but you know, what are you going to do? Number eight. Okay. So some of these are, you know, moments and we try to keep it to, I don't want to do like, you know, five playoff games in one year. So this is just going to, crunched together last year's first round where they swept the Pittsburgh Penguins and they had home ice for the first time in 30 years. So they checked off that box. They missed winning the division by a point. Even with that, a lot of people predicted them to lose to the Penguins. I think more than half the media picked the Penguins. Islanders came out. They won game one in overtime and they never looked back. They just dominated the Penguins and Rock Nelson, Jordan Eberle were fantastic. Leonard, I mean, it was it was unbelievable watching an Islander sweep into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. It was something we really had not seen in so long, um, and it was really probably the high point of, of the rebuild, the rebirth
0: of the team last year. Yeah, and you can like you know question why it's so low on the list, but you know there are other more I think memorable things that happened in the decade. But that one just, had it been the first time they won a division or won a playoff series since 93, obviously it would have been higher up, but mm-hmm. it was, it was emphatic. Fortunately, it came crashing down in the second round where everything that went well in the first round did it in the second round. But last year's play, I mean, they had home ice in two playoff rounds. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about that. It is, you know, I mean, it's, and it's, they had it in, in all places they had it in the college in the first round. In typical Islander fashion, they host playoffs in two different arenas. We'll see what happens this year. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the arena situation later in the list, but only the Islanders can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know.
0: Yeah. But that was number eight last year's playoffs. Number seven. Okay. So it's kind of fitting with the news of the day with the New York Mets having, you know, new owners in a couple of years or kind of fitting, you know, the, the Islanders situation. But we're going to talk about the Islanders, new owners, or not so new right now, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin, who they bought the Islanders in October of 2014 from Charles Wong. And then they kind of were minority owners for two years and kind of observed. They went around to different organizations, arenas, kind of like seeing how they did just kind of like do their homework, their, their due diligence and then they took over the majority stake of the team in twenty sixteen uh it's it's been great. I mean it's real owners, and not that Charles Wong wasn't, but you have guys who i would say no hockey or they have the right people in charge to uh to run the organization. You have Malkin business guy who is behind the, behind the scenes, and you have obviously John Deke, he used the mouthpiece going around, taking photos, kissing babies, he's like the politician. I met him in a game at Bridgeport. I think every Islander fan has probably much met him, taking a picture with him now. I have not um, yet. I have not met him. You gotta do that. I mean, he's, he's probably a bagel boss right now, so you gotta just, uh, you gotta find him, Dan. He's easy to find. So it's a nice, like, uh, mixture of, you know, personality, and then you have the guy behind the scenes. Well,
1: I can't believe the team. it's been 2014 already since the team was sold. That's crazy. Um, It seems still, like, so recent. Uh And secondly, like, look, they have – Malkin's the money guy. He's quiet. He's pulling things from behind the scenes. And, and Ledecky is a great mouthpiece. And together they're a great team. Like, look, I don't know uh, – we don't know how much they know hockey, but they're also smart enough to know let's get the best hockey people possible and we'll just step back and we'll do our thing. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to you, we'll get the best people possible on the team. We're going to worry about the new arena and we're going to make that the best, you know, we're going to worry about the, making the best fan experience possible and we're going to get the best people in charge to make sure we have the best team as possible. And it's a good combination because look, look, Wong saved this team, but he was uh, eclectic and he got in the way at times and he always wanted to do things out
0: of the box. Yeah,
1: absolutely. These guys are in the box. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. And, um, you know, you- Wang was really going to sell the team to get a bidder. Uh, it was Andrew Barroway, and I think oh it, was like four, it was like four was like dollars. And then Wang got cold feet. Luckily, I think Barroway ended up suing Wang, and they, they think they came to some kind of agreement. Barroway ended up buying the Arizona Coyotes, and they still had financial problems. Uh, right. and I think that, I think now he's just a minority owner, so he sold his you know his stake, but. We could have been in the same boat selling to this guy rather than selling to two, you know, firm feet on the ground guys who have the financial backing rather than a guy who just has enough money to get by. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, so and then typically with the Mets today doing, doing the same thing, kind of having the succession plan in place with the Wolfons, which is kind of weird five years, but let both let, let Mets fans worry about it rather than the two years that the Islanders did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, that was kind of a weird two years, but it's over with now and we're in good shape. Maybe the Mets new owners can write the check for Belmont.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. But, uh, number six kind of ties in with number seven. The new owners came in. They were all screaming that Garth Snow was still here. They waited in the weeds until the right guy came about. That right guy did come about. Number six, hiring Lou Amarillo.
1: Can I just give? I actually came up with two honorable mentions, and this is one of them. Sure. The John Ledecky press conference before he fired, or before he brought in Lamorello, when Wait and Snow were like dragged up like two convicts getting ready to go to the gallows, is one of the best moments of the top of the past decade.
0: Hmm. Okay, that that that's a good one. It yeah. was so
1: awkward. It was so uncomfortable, and it was hilarious. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you know it's funny. I was all places. I was at Disney World. I was waiting online. and I think you like texted me or something about that. And I said, Uh, I'm pretty much in the right spot. You know, never never Neverland or Make Believe Land, and then you know, seeing these two Yahoo's sitting there, getting ready to be there for another year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because at that point we weren't too happy. Yeah, you know exactly. Because at that point, you know, Lou was still he had his deal where he was going to be general manager for three years, then become a special consultant. Then the Islanders really got going, you know, aggressively pushing for Lou and it worked out. People can say that, you know, Lou hasn't made a trade and, you know, it's been almost a year and a half. The last really only trade he's made was the Matt Martin deal that most of these players, which is true, are product of Garth Snow being here. But it's more than that. Lou changed the culture of the team. He brought the responsibility, of something that Garth did not have around the
1: league. No, they've changed. They've changed it all. No, they changed it in a year.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of some of luck, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But he, but it's a professionally well-run organization, exactly. right? You know, you can say there's nothing
1: to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Are we worry about the arena, no. Are we worry about the roster, no. We're nitpicking with the roster. we we're, we're talking about the roster as if whether they're good enough to win a playoff round, the division, or the cup. That's how we're talking about the team.
0: Exactly. Not a lottery pick or anything like right. that. You know, and you know, the few moves that Lou has made, have ha, worked? You know, the one year deals, Brassard, the Leonard, th- those, those have worked. You know, the Val th- those, those moves have worked for Larmov, You know, he's been good. That's obviously a bigger picture possibly for next year with Ilya Sorokin, but his moves have worked. I mean, we could look at the Leo Komarov four years, probably could have been done in two. I don't think anyone was offering Leo Komar for the two years.
1: Well, there's still pressure on Lucy to improve this offense and turn, yes. get them to the next step. But you have yes. to look at what he's done in a very quick time.
0: Yes, yes, and it's uh, it's been good. It's been uh, far cry from what uh, Garth brought. And, and you know, some things Garth did were good, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But he um, just the way the the league and the media looked upon the Islanders how they were always seem like in disarray. No one can find Garth. Garth would pop up once, you know, maybe once a year. Where Lou, he might not say anything, but he's always accessible. He's always doing interviews. He's always yeah, he's out
1: there. Yeah, he, and, you, and every so often when the, when, the, when the news warrants and stuff, maybe once a month or so, he just pops in on practice and he does like a five-minute media scrum and he goes about his business.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, after the break, the top five, most memorable moments of the decade.
1: No purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: And we're back. And before we continue with the list, Thomas Vanek is not playing the league right now. Last played last year with Detroit. Had a decent year at 16 goals, but currently unrestricted free agent. So any of those teams out there want to take a chance, he's there. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. It really is. But before we continue with the list, uh, we got to talk about VintageIceHockey.com. Any of your defunct hockey teams or leagues, logos, they're on there. They're absolutely fantastic. Kevin does a great job with the website. He recently, for Cyber Monday, unveiled, I think, nine more logos. It's yes. great. Some logos are fantastic. I wore my Cincinnati Mohawk. I absolutely love that shirt. It's great. A couple of those shirts in my card I'm waiting for. And um, I might have some breaking news, hopefully, next show regarding Vintage Ice Hockey and Isles Buzz. But if you use our code, BUZZ15, you'll get 15% off your purchase, free shipping, and it ships quickly, Dan.
1: Yeah, I got my New England Whalers T-shirt in like two days.
0: Yeah, it's um great site, VingesEyesHockey.com. Check it out. And uh, Kevin's always adding more uh, more logos on there for teams you probably not have heard of but have awesome logos.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I there's like I said, you can definitely fall down a hole there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he does a great job. And uh yeah, thanks for sponsoring the Isles Post Podcast. Alright, so back to the most memorable moments of the decade for the Islanders. Number five. Okay. So we kind of teased it earlier. Islanders had the fourth pick in the two thousand and twelve draft. And mm-hmm. there was rumors that Garth was going to go all in and trade his entire draft to Columbus for Ryan Murray. Right? There was a rumor. <laughs> Glad that didn't happen. Yeah, that, that, that didn't. You know, luckily that didn't work out. So the next best defenseman was uh, Griffin Reinhart, who the honors selected. At the point, he was rated, I believe, what second or third best defenseman in, in the draft. I mean, there were other guys there. <sighs> God, Riley. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll see. Ryan Murray went two, right? Yeah. Do you remember who went three? Uh, but I believe Riley went pr- around there, and Truba went around there, and Lin- oh, I think Linholm went three. Hampus Linholm?
0: Nope, it was Alice Gintcheluk. <laughs> who? Alice Gintcheluk. Gintcheluk. Uh, you
1: and your—you are terrible with Eastern European names. <laughs>
0: My uh Mando Russo pronunciation there. Yeah, so yeah,
1: right? yeah.
0: Just to go through that. Okay, number okay. You know this draft was doomed before uh it started with uh Yel Yakopoff being number one pick, you know, one of the Oilers, many number ones. That did not work out. Ryan Murray did not work out. Alice Galchenyuk has not worked out. Griffin Reinhardt has not worked out. Okay, this is one that it gets good. Number yeah. fifth, number five was Morgan Riley.
1: Yeah, he's a fantastic player.
0: Yeah, Tampa Flimholm has worked out. Uh, Matt Dumba swore down. Yeah, he's a good player. Okay, um, Penguins took Derek Pouillat. Okay. He's at least in the league. Yeah, (laughs) he's in the league. Uh, Winnipeg Jets took Jacob Truba, obviously with the Rangers now making a lot of money. Uh, one of the best names in the league was picked at number 10 by, uh, Tampa, uh, Slater Cuckoos. Is he still in the league? He got traded to Chicago, I think. I think he's still hanging around, but yeah, he's with, he's with the Blackhawks right now. Right. And then, uh, Forsberg, Philip Forsberg went to Washington. Yeah, that draft
1: got better as it went on.
0: Yeah. And then our, you know, our good friend Tom Wilson was drafted. Uh, Vasilevsky was in there, Malcolm Subin. I'm not going to go down, you know, the whole list, but yeah, that was, uh, I just uh, took uh, Philly polka at a uh, second round. So mm-hmm. right, right after Sebastian Colbert won. Who uh, the Islanders really wanted, and they actually ended up getting. So, but yeah, this was a very interesting draft. But back to the reason why it's actually on the list. He was taken because he was big. Uh, he was what was it, like six four, six five, I think. It's like six five,
1: six six, who, something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah. You know, a big opposing uh, defenseman did not turn out that way. So, kind of falling on the bus side. Garcinoe sent him to the only place where he had value, his hometown in Edmonton. And he called up his good friend, Peter Chiarelli, and <laughs> somehow got our first and second round pick for this guy. Yeah. I mean, it's this might go down. I mean, you can talk about the greatest trades in Islanders history. And personally, I'll rank this as the third, right now, probably the third greatest trade in Islanders history. Getting right. uh, that the number 50, 50, 15 pick, right, for That's right because the Bruins had three in a row. Yeah, you also
1: have to thank the Bruins in this, too. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: the Bruins, they took they they Jake, Jake took who's good, but the other two guys the have Brow- not panned out. Right. Uh, yeah,
1: and uh, I think it starts with a Z. Yeah. Uh, they have not panned out because then if you look right after that, I believe 15 was Barzell, 16 was Shabbat. 17 was Connor, and then a few picks after that went Brock Besser. So the Bruins – could you imagine the Bruins with two or three of those players?
0: Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah, so – And they also – the see. Islanders
1: also used that second-round pick to come back into the first round to get Anthony, Anthony Bavillier,
0: so yeah. a big win. Right. I mean, Shabat and Connor, you're right, Brock Besser, I mean, Travis Konechny, I mean, there were some legitimate – Great draft, re- by the way. That's a great yeah. draft. You know, Sebastian Ajo. The Canes one went in the second round. Yeah, that's one of the better drafts. Yeah, it was, it was really good. So the Islanders got Matt Barnes and he's the face of the franchise. It's He's been unbelievable. We all know about the Calder. And our good friend Griffin Reinhardt is in Russia now, I think, right? On and a R- two-way deal. How bad is it when you have
1: to sign a two-way deal in the KHL? <laughs> yeah. So so what, is like, the, what is What does a minor league in the KHL look like? That's scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you take, like, a dog sled to, like, Siberia? I mean, it's like I know like, – <sighs> You 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 had
1: um and he's in Minsk too. He's in Belarus. <laughs> it's
0: like uh, Rochelle, Rochelle, and Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, Minsk is lovely this time of year. Yeah, strange mm-hmm. long journey from London. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, but um, yeah, that worked out, and it's uh, a laugh. He's Couldn't closer say. to Chernobyl than he is to the NHL. <laughs> Maybe he'll grow like a third leg so he can skate better. I don't know. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but it's it's um. One of, you know, I, I think that probably the two trades that are better is the uh, Butch Goring trade. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously won the cup, won the Fonson money, and the Pat LaFontaine trade, because they, they traded two guys for the third pick in the 83 draft while they are still winning cups, and they drafted Pat LaFontaine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are probably two better ones, because those guys actually, one's in the Hall of Fame, one's, you know, won four cups. But Brazal could be on his way to both, so... But both, you know, number five, Griffin Reinhardt, thank you very much. Peter Shirelli, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, so number four. So the next two, okay. Um, I guess we're getting a little sensitive territory. Okay, so we'll start with the good. Islanders make the playoffs in 2016, first year of Barclays. They play Florida Panthers. First time they play the Florida Panthers in the playoffs. First time the Panthers have been in the playoffs in years. Islanders win the first game of the series, lose the second, they're tied. Go back to Brooklyn. They're down two nothing early in the game three. They give up a goal three nothing. Our good friends, the video replay guy whom was a Matt, Matt Bertani, I forgot his last name, saw something a little off. He was right. Off sides pull the call dead. Score remains two nothing. I just get on the board. Ryan Pulak scored again. And our good friend Thomas Hickey scores in overtime. Take a 2-1 lead. And if you watch the highlights, you can hear him calling for Brock Nelson to pass the buck to him, which is really awesome. I uh, was Well,
1: you got me a signed photo of that, of that yeah,
0: play. Yeah, that photo is fantastic. And, uh, early in the year with, with Hickey being with the Sound Tigers, uh, my son Zach, who already had that picture signed, went to, uh, where the scratch players were up, um, I think this is the third level, right before mm-hmm. the sweet level. Yeah, right before the sweet, yeah. Right where the scratch players sit. And he got uh, him to inscribe it saying, uh, game three, game winning goal, 2016 playoffs. So that, thing, that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Uh, That's and then cool. we, Yeah, you know, we forget about probably the most important game of that series before we talk about game six is game five. It was the um, Alan Quine game. <laughs> it, yeah. No, game no game. is this
1: a moment or is this a, is this a three part trilogy?
0: <laughs> it's, it's pretty much like the whole Lord of the Rings. We'll break it You're down. You're really, really getting into detail here. Yeah. Well, you know, this, this is a big one. This is where, we could have broken it down to different slots on the list. True, true. Because so, the the Alan Quine game could have had its own spot. The Hickey game could have had its own spot. But we're know So but but that game five, Islanders never win game fives. You know, and to win that game to make it a three two series, they had a uh penalty shot in overtime, it was a hand pass by uh Calvin Dehan? Thomas Gryce yeah, Thomas Christ was the best player in that series. He was unbelievable. Game six rolls along. They're down one nothing. Last minute of the game. Who steps up? The captain, Tavares, scores the goal. It's forced overtime. We all know what happened. Police went nuts. First playoff series win since 1993. We all know about that. We were that. so
1: happy. Yeah, we were, I remember we were yelling. I think, I think you were crying. He's going to be our captain forever. Is that what you said? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: I, I was crying now. 93 maybe this one you know it was awesome you going had on your jammies before. on yeah you had
1: exactly. your Millennium Falcon behind you
0: <laughs> yeah going to happen against the um, Lightning in the next series yep. what as Florida had chances and they probably should have won that series the Honors had chances too and I know you win and you lose in five games so well how many chances do you had they should have won games three and four they they blew yeah, the they have only teams. shot in overtime they can't they cannot they can't complain. No, that they can't. They really can't. They got blown out in games two and five, but those two home games were killers. And I remember my my son had some stupid uh comp, you know concert in, a, in in middle school, and I remember you and Michael Bartan were texting that I had no idea what was going on because I had the game. Recording. Yeah, we were. Yeah, and that's
1: I, right. Yeah, we could, You didn't want to know anything. We were texting back and forth.
0: And yeah, yeah. Turned off the phones at the school. I did not want to know anything. And now I'm, like, getting excited because a couple minutes left. I think Cal Klerbach just scored. And, like, I know you two are probably giving, like, girls, like, this guy has no idea what the hell's going on.
1: Oh, yeah, because was... when you were watching the game, you were texting us as you were watching exactly. the game where you were, and me yeah. and him were just dying.
0: Right, it, it, exactly. And then they had the very questionable, they had, like, was it Tavares? And they had a Pozo and a defensive zone face-off with, like, under a minute, which was very, you know, now we, we wouldn't see that by Trotz. Vintage
1: Capuano.
0: It, 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 Exactly, and then sure enough they they lose that game in the series, but that's a moment I mean, say what you want about the guy those those two moments I mean to tie the game and then to take the lead I mean to, you know to to win that series is unbelievable. those moments are still going to live on. say what and you want about you,
1: that that's the last moment of John Tavares as an islander, and nothing else happened after that.
0: Exactly. So number four. That's is, how we
1: will, that's how we will always remember him. That moment. Nothing else happened. I don't know what happened. he retire?
0: Uh, well, we'll talk about it on number three in the list. <laughs> okay. So the, the following year, obviously when you're an unrestricted free agent, you can resign with your team a year before you hit free agency. That was 2017. He didn't sign in July 1st, 2017 or July 2nd. Once that happened, you and I were like, He's not signing this year. Nope. Because why? Why would he? The offer is not going to change on July third, July fourth. So if he's not going to sign those two days, you know he's not going to sign. And the waiting game happened, The waiting game. He always said the right things. How he but he, he wasn't
1: a UFA the following year. He was UFA the year after that,
0: 2018.
1: Right. And what? when was the when was the, end of the when was the uh, the season there where they beat the Panthers? It was
0: 2016. I said 2017. I said, okay. said the year. So it was a year oh. after. Oh, I got you. A yearly. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it was a year after the, the playoff series. And he said the right things. Happy, he wanted to remain Islander, this and that. The organization guards now. No,
1: no, because it was a following year. Because so you still had the year where Wanna got fired. And then that summer, when Doug Waite was named head coach, that's when he could have signed. Your timeline's off a little. Not so to that. Uh, the year at? The year after the Panthers
0: series, right? The year after the Panthers series is when they fired Capuano. That's right. And, and then then the, then the next summer. They, they went on the run and they missed the playoffs by a game. So then, that the was, next
1: summer, then the next summer, White was named head coach, and then Tavares could have signed.
0: No. Yes. He, he left 2018 to sign with the Leafs. He could have signed 2017. So the year. That's right. Yeah. So that's what I said. 2017? Okay. Okay. Alright, we're there. Alright, we're we're there. Okay. Okay. Alright. Sorry, everybody. Okay.
1: When you erase these things from your memory because you're so angry about them, you sometimes forget.
0: Right, exactly. Like, I
1: have no idea what happened after Aaron Boone beat the Red Sox in 2003. I have no idea.
0: And we were there. Oh my god. That was- (laughs) Yeah, we were. That that was like heartache right there. But- Yeah, we, we were also there the following year. Yeah, you know, oh God, yeah.
1: Uh, right. Noel Nolan and I used to work together in baseball tonight, and we were actually in the truck for those World Series.
0: Yeah, we remember to... we
1: refused to go into the state. We refused to go into the stadium in '04.
0: Yeah, uh, screw that. that yeah, yep. that was just yeah. But uh, yeah, the Florida. Oh my God, that that's a whole other show. That was the David Wells. I think he hit <laughs> really one batter and came out. And they brought in Jose, Jose Contreras, and he was just terrible. Oh man, okay. Terrible. So, get off to a tangent there. Okay, so Tavares obviously didn't sign. Organization bent over backwards to wait for him. Said he didn't want to get traded because obviously he said he wasn't going to sign. He was going to be a goner. But no, they were sort of in the hunt for the playoffs, but not really. So they no, they weren't. Anyway, not really. Okay, but the, the whole dog and pony show with bringing in the teams and he had the binder. And this and that, all the team, you know, the the stars, the sharks, who else? The Leafs, the Canadians I think everyone. That was so painful. Yeah, but
1: the whole. Hey, thing. Hey, credit, credit to Artemi Panarin. He didn't go through the whole song and dance. He met with teams, but he got the thing. He got that over in like two days. Yeah, and and you know what? TSM have, was like parked and parked outside like the agent's yeah. like location. It was terrible.
0: But you know what? You have every right when you become a unrestricted free agent to sign with whoever you want. And that's not a problem. Tavares had that right. Panarin, everyone has that right. But just the way he was so dishonest with the Islanders, or maybe how the Islanders handled it, both didn't, you know. Well, you know, it was a little bit of both. Like, yeah. the biggest thing the child well, will never be well, –
1: go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no,
0: no I would just say they're, they're both at fault. And for him to realize his childhood dream July 1st or, you know, J- uh, June 30th is, is is a little, you know, it's a little farcical, I think.
1: Tavares is the villain for one thing, for going to the owners and begging them not to trade him. Yeah, that will he will never be, be faulted for that. The organization will be faulted for not putting a good enough team around them for years and then not trading him when they knew they were out of it. Like when you like look, like, you know Tavares will say, "Look, I don't want to be tra- traded." The answer should have been, "If you don't want to be traded, then you're signing today. And if you're not going to sign today, then you're going to be traded. Sorry." Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and you know, and that was
1: the so both both were at fall failure.
0: Yeah, and he left when the team was getting pieces. Lou was hired. Yeah,
1: yeah he left after Lamarado and Trotz came in. So maybe yeah. he didn't want to do the maybe he didn't want to do the hard work. They'll maybe. hurt his
0: numbers. They'll hurt his numbers. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into you know someone else a little bit later on the list, but Matt Barzell was here. So they finally had a one-two center who looks like a Selkie trophy winner now. Yeah, exactly, and. This wasn't on the list as its own number was Tavares returning because we're going to kind of combine it. But that game. This is Tavares leaving and returning. Yes. Exactly. Was monumental. I mean, the fans did everything right. It was great. The chants were awesome. The jerseys were awesome. The fact that they just blew them out that game was, was great. I love the fact that they did the, you know, the tribute video, which they should have. Fans booing, some clapping. The best was. Matt Barzal not tapping a stick. That was great. So I don't know what personally went on between the two. But I don't know, but
1: they're not friends. They're not friends. I've they're been told by multiple people older. that that something happened and right. they're not friends. And, like, look, and I know the whole press conference when he didn't call him by name. He called right. him the kid who won the cow there. Yeah. You know, something happened there. He wasn't at Tavares' wedding. Um, they're not friends. I don't know. I haven't got the exact story. If I ever do, I'll, if I could share it, I will. But I have talked to multiple people one being a former Islander who have said that they're just, they're not friends. Then, you know, that's
0: what it is. What it is. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine. That everyone, not but there, there's something, it. there's some kind of
1: something happened where Barzell right. clearly does not like Tavares and Barzel plays. A, he, hey, look, he's yeah. an all world player. He's another level player when he plays the Maple Leafs now.
0: Right. The, that first Saturday night game in Toronto, when he had the natural hat trick, yeah, this was, was fantastic. Uh, and it, of course there's still going to be hatred, you know, it wasn't as much as last year. And fans have every right to keep booing the guy until he plays 10 years with the Leafs. It doesn't matter. The national media, who cares what they think? They're that,
1: not. Yes, yeah, they had us coming in last place
0: experience. this year. Right. They don't share the same experiences as the fans do. So let the fans boo however they want. And Isles Buzz live show, January 4th, they're playing Maple Leafs, so off Tavern. So if you want to come with your best Tavares meme, Best shirt, we'll have a a prize for you. Dude, that was a great spot to get them in there. There you go. Good job. (laughs) But, yeah, number three, Tavares leaving and returning. And if you look like Panarin, right, it was really – he never said that he was going to resign with – No. No, he was actually quite honest. He was quite honest with Columbus. Taylor Hall, very honest with the Devils. John Tavares, not so much. Islanders could have handled it better, both at fault. But you know what? Moved on and things are greener for the owners, not so much for the lease right now. Yeah. All right. Yep. So no, no, number two. Number two. Okay. So this basically could have been 10 spots the, on this the list. Entire top 10. The, higher, the entire top 10 should have been this. And this topic will, will be, if we're doing this show 10 years from now, this will be on the list next year's, uh, next decade as well. It it's will. Your arena situation. All right. I mean, let's, we could do a podcast on the, uh, the history of the yeah. islanders, islanders yeah. arena situation. Yeah. Okay. But before cool. we talk about that, I want to go back to number three real quick. Dan Saracini on lighthousehockey.com did an amazing job with the whole John Tavares free agency encyclopedia. If you have a <laughs> few hours and you're really, you know, depressed, grab a drink and read it. I know it
1: almost killed him
0: so much where he left Twitter for, for it. I mean, God bless him. I don't think I can handle that, and I'm sure he probably regrets doing it, but it's fantastic. Go check it out. It's still on the website. Okay. I had to get that in there. Mm-hmm. All right. So now the arena. Okay. So I guess it even started back in the 90s, if you want to go back. Whatever. What We'll talk about kind of the more recent thing. The Lighthouse was proposed. We all know what happened with that. Right. Kate Murray, you know, say what you want about her. It didn't work out. Okay. So Charles Wong did a different plan decided to get a publicly funded arena, just an arena and I believe a minor league ballpark at the same spot. They had the vote town of Hempstead in August, 2011 figure who comes out to vote against something in the summer. Old people. Apparently apparently old people who don't want their taxes raised, even if it's a fraction failed miserably. The next year, my owners announced that they're moving the team to Barclays for the 20th. (laughs) And their taxes went up. Exactly. Taxes went up probably minimal, but whatever. You know, I don't live there, so I, I can't really say. So there's no
1: taxes went up more. There was a story about that.
0: Okay. I personally, I would have voted for it, but you know, that's just me. Okay. So they decided to go to Barclays in 2016. We all know how that ended and still going, unfortunately, that marriage. Uh, but they found a loophole, so to speak. No land, the state funded lands in Belmont. Freeway. Governor Cuomo proved it. Shovels in the ground right now. And we kept talking about this for years. We're not going to care about it. Walls it's are just, up yeah. already. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're moving. You can watch a live, you know, cam, uh, you know, of them. I have it. Actually. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I poked in a little bit too. You know, a little bit of snow, you know, hit the ground. So the ice is down now. If you want to say on um, that, but it's, it's great that this is really happening. Um, let's hope that uh, the new med owners throw some money into that, like you mentioned before, like they were supposed to, but this arena is going to be catered to the owners however they want it. No obstructed seats. they can have a legitimate store, legitimate everything. think they uh, a candy store? <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope they have a nice candy store. I mean, there's have Dillon's in there. You would go nuts if there was a Dillon's there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they all have legitimate ice cream places, legitimate food places no and more importantly <laughs> bathrooms you know you go to the coliseum you're in there for 20 minutes everyone knows that you wait for food you're there for a whole period this is going to be legit they should put an wait. offside in there they should i think they they're put an oyster
1: on. bay you can put an oyster bay brewery in there or just you know or great bagel south bay. bay
0: i think might do something in there as well who's so that the bagel boss sure bagel boss
1: should be in there you could go little vincent's or
0: yeah so it's it's going to be great um and as long overdue. Like I said, this could have been with the whole entire list at different points in the arena, you know, problem. Uh, but I wonder if the first event at the arena, besides an Islander game, will be Billy Joel.
1: Because
0: <laughs> he was at one of the. Uh, he's not an pres- Islander fan. No, he's not. He's not. He's about but- as
1: much of an Islander fan as Evan Roberts is an Islander fan. Oh, I don't know about that, but I don't, oh, I don't come know. on, you know, you know, you know, like, look, you know what? I I, I pop in on the midday show a couple times a week, and he, for someone who claims to be an Islander fan, they he never mentions them. And like, if you were an Islander fan, you'd be ranting, you'd be pissed off today the after the way they played last night. He is a charlatan. He is a fake Islander fan, or he's a very casual one, or he's one out of convenience. I'm sorry, that needed to be said.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. The views and the opinions, Expert, no, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't
1: care, I but I put my name on it. He can come on oh, the show and tell me I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, Evan, if you're listening, come on. We'll, we'll love to have you. But yeah, that was, uh, number two. And I'm sure that'll saying. be, <laughs> nah, I, I'm, I'm barely listening right now. Um, yeah, so this will probably be top three on the list next, next decade, but yes. yeah, it's going to be fantastic when that does happen. All right, so we're down to number one. And before we get to number one, let me just briefly recap the top ten. Number ten was the Penns-Islanders fight, 2011. Number nine was the Molson-Vanik trade. Number eight was the 2019 playoffs, the sweep against the Penguins. Number 14 were the new owners, Ledecky and Malkin. Number six, the hiring of Lou Amarillo. Number five, the Griffin-Reinhardt for first-round pick, eventually becoming Matt Barzell trade. Number four, 2016 playoffs first round, ending with the, uh, John Tavares overtime winner in game six. Number three, the snake leaving. <laughs> and number two, the arena situation finally get resolved. And we'll have one more memorable moment, I guess, honorable mention, so to speak. So you want to go first, man? I know you had one before. The, uh... uh,
1: my, yeah, my honorable, honorable mention would be the Letty and Boychuk trades.
0: Yes, that's, that's a fantastic one. That was October 4th, I think 2014. Yeah, it really jump started this whole thing. Yes. And I remember when that did happen. Uh, first time they ripped off Peter Trelley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy, Chuck, how dare he's not going to come here. He was miserable. Well, he ends up signing a long-term deal. And at that point, that deal had to be signed. There had to be no Islander fan who was upset yeah. about that, you know, and he's been a great Islander. I mean, obviously, he's breaking down. He's still serviceable,
1: down. too. It's, it's not a bad... Even though he's breaking down, he is still a serviceable hockey player. And he leaves it all out there. He's not a liability.
0: No, he's a great he's a great locker room, and that, that trade was, you know, gave up nothing. Speaking of giving up nothing, was the Letty trade, where they really gave up nothing. Mm. They, they signed T.J. Brennan in the offseason, who was an AHL Hall of Famer. He went in that trade, Andrews Nielsen, who I don't even think was in the league at that point, right? He was playing in Europe. Was just no, his no, I uh yeah over. So, he was. I yes he
1: and, was, you're right.
0: Yeah, and then I think Billy Polka was was the other guy. So yeah, it was that was great. That was fantastic. Two trades by Garth, and it was right before the season started, and uh that's what Garth was good about, you know. He kind of waited in the weeds for teams to get rid of uh Yeah, he half just space. couldn't fix anything in season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was good with that, he was good with the waiver wire. But in in season trades, not so much. Besides the uh Bannock one, but yeah. And then trade back, which number was number one, right? Okay, so mine was oh, you have mention. I'm sorry, yes, yeah, okay. So mine was uh, Robin Leonard winning the Masterson. Uh, this guy came to the honors, basically kicked out of Buffalo, signed so a one year, basically, a one year, I think 1.25 million dollar deal. I don't just need another goalie because Halak left, and it was basically a show me contract. A little after he. He signed the contract. He had the article in The Athletic about his all his problems. It was a fantastic read. This fan base really embraced the guy. He embraced the fan base. It was a love affair the whole year. Started off a little rocky for a couple of games, but after that, the combo of him and Grice was fantastic. They won the Jennings Award. He was nominated for the Besna and right. he was runaway winner for the Masterson, and his speech was fantastic. It goes, there, goes, was, check no, out. there was. There was was great um and he's still helping fans these days who have public advocate for mental health i believe there was an islander fan who was having some issues on twitter recently he reached out to him and yeah i mean there's still one year say what you want about what happens and you know with lula marillo kind of sees things just black and white not gray his impact with the islanders i don't think lula marillo really knew how Big that impact was between the fans and him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. That's fair criticism. Yeah, but um, or he yeah,
1: or he or he just doesn't care because he runs a business. That's just the way exactly. is. Right, exactly.
0: So um, yeah, that was my moment. Uh, and number one, I mean, this is a really no brainer because we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, everything broke right after the Highlanders hired the Caps won the Stanley Cup, and for some reason, they did not want to pay. Barry Trotz, who just won their first Stanley Cup ever, and he resigned. Island just needed a head coach. He was there. I'm still. And I'm it was the shocked. only job
1: that was the open. It was the only I'm job shocked
0: open. that he actually took the job. Every time I see him on the bench, I'm still like, he's the Islanders head coach. I, I don't believe it. I'm trying, yeah. oh, I'm gonna. I'll do TV for a year. I'll wait. I'll. I'll hold out. I'll, you know. I'll. I'll enjoy the, the Stanley Cup. But no, he took the job and. As much as Lou changed the culture, Barry changed the team. Right. And it's, it's unbelievable with the same players. I mean, just to go from giving up the most goals the year before he got here to giving up the fewest defense was intact, t- in the same defense. It was just unbelievable how he got these players to buy into the team first. Their numbers dropped. Barzell's numbers dropped. You think he cares? He's going to get his money, and he's a different player under Barry Trotz. Oh, they're coming he's back going, now, too. His numbers are coming
1: back because their power plays better. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's exactly. Really what it but, was. Yeah. And you look at um what kind of a coach Trotz is. You know, I mean, before he won the Cup, he always made the playoffs, but there was always he could not get over the hump. It was always the one knock about him. Not that he was a bad coach. He was a hell of a coach, but he couldn't get over that hump. Well, he did, and now look what he's doing now. He's probably one of the favorites again to win the – uh the Jack Adams, but yeah. it's only been done once, you know, to win the, the award multiple times, right. but it's, it's, it's unbelievable that um, this guy uh, changed this organization as much as he has. It's funny because um, this is a story,
1: like a friend of ours, Sanford, huge Islanders fan, good, good friend of ours. Um, He, I remember he was at opening night last year and all of a sudden my phone buzzes. Is, is like where right as the season started right last year, and he said, "Oh my God, Trotz is actually our coach." I thought for a reason it was a cruel joke, but he actually showed up, and he's behind our bench. Barry Trotz is our head coach.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 fantastic. I mean it really is. It's I like mean, the whole
1: new arena thing. It's like I can't believe in a couple of years we're actually gonna until we're actually in that arena. I'm not sure that it's really happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you you look over and it's like you see him there. And it's like where's Capuano? Where's Scott Gordon? You know, where are these guys? You know, it was where uh, Sterling. Yeah, where's Steve Sterling or um, who was the guy? it Was Brad May coached, right? And Brad uh, Shaw. Brad Shaw. Brad Shaw, right? Um. Brad oh, May Ray definitely did not coach. Yeah, <laughs> Davers <laughs> uh, Mayday. Um, yeah, just oh, was one other guy who um, Ted Nolan. Right, what was his name? Ted, Ted Nolan. Coached, oh, Ted Nolan coached. Yeah, who who was pretty good. Uh, there was some other guy. Who they had? They had somebody else. When? Ooh. What year? Oh man. The, the um. Trots, Wade, the, Capuano. Mid-90s. Gordon,
1: Nolan. Oh, we're going back to the 90s. Shit, I don't know.
0: Oh man. Um uh, I don't remember now. It was, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. But it, it was like a, uh, a, not Rick Bonus, because he was like an interim coach too. But eh, whatever. It's alright. It'll come to me after I record the show.
1: But, but hands down, the biggest moment of the past decade was the signing of Barry. It was the hiring of Barry Trotz. Yes, that forever stabilized this franchise. Yes, Bill Stewart. and also and also also the staff too. The staff as a whole being allowed. You know, this goes back to the owners. The owners just basically said to Lou, "Bring in the best."
0: Yes, it was. It was Bill Stewart. That's the guy. Oh God, I don't even remember that. Yeah. That was like right before I think Butch Goring coached them. Oh, okay. So, Those are some dark years. Oh, yeah. dark years. Well, the decade started, you know, pretty dark, but yeah, I mean, Barry Trotz, I mean, Hall of Famer, he'll get his glasses retired. I don't know, whatever you're going to put, it, you know, up in the rafters for the hours. But, but that's our list. Um, before we go, we got the tweet of the week, Dan, which, um, yes, go ahead. Tweet of the week. And it was pretty funny because, We've, we've killed the Islanders' social media for years, especially their Twitter account, which was pretty lame for years. They hired some new people this year, and it's actually pretty good. And It's significantly they, better. Yes. They must have Barry Trotz doing it or something like that. But they, um, I'm not going to basically give the name of the Ranger fan who tweeted out about to say, I hate this team so much. As a Rangers fan, your success is my suffering. Please stop winning. I beg of you for my own sanity. That was from an unnamed ranger fan. The Islanders account. Okay. No problem. We're just glad we can be the ones to set the hashtag play like a New Yorker standard straight. That's funny. which is one of the worst hashtags ever.
1: Oh, it's but, terrible. And I, you yeah. know, I was at opening night for the Rangers game with Kelly and we have t shirt Well, she has them cause I gave her
0: mine. Yeah.
1: Uh, it says, that says play like a New Yorker on it.
0: Yeah. Which for me, for most New Yorkers, it's like, you know, going like four and 18 or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, play like I'm the rest
1: in. of the New York Sports teams. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um yeah, that was our top ten list, tweet of the week. Make sure you catch out our live show, January fourth, or tavern. Where can we find you, Dan, on social media? Dan Noodle seventy eight. I'm at first no
1: nine.